0: Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and I'm so happy to be with you today. And I'm also thrilled to introduce our guest, Jim Palmer. Jim is the owner of Dream Business Coaching and Mastermind. Jim, I'm so happy to have you here.
1: Hey, Kim, how are you today? Thanks for having me on.
0: Oh, I'm fabulous. Listeners, okay, I I don't usually time stamp. I don't like to time stamp, but we are just coming out of Labor Day weekend 2018. It's Tuesday morning, 9 o'clock. I am so happy to have the kids out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> Labor Day weekend was not invented for mompreneurs, entrepreneurs, when you have that many kids under the age of five. That's all I got to say.
1: It's a nine to five type of holiday.
0: <laughs> it is. Definitely. My husband and I last night were like, at seven o'clock, can we put these kids to bed yet? That's like an hour and a half, two hours before bedtime. Like, please. Please. Yeah. Goodness. But Jim, I'm so happy to have you here. I would love if you would give the listeners a better idea of who you are and just fill them in because you know your story better than anybody else.
1: So I I started in 2000. I was a VP of marketing, kind of had a nice climb up the W2 corporate ladder, so to speak. And then um, my position was eliminated. Uh, At that point, we had four teenagers at home. So I thought. Even though I had really strong entrepreneurial uh, yearnings, I guess, I thought, well, now's not the time. So I started to find my next position. But a year later, I was still unemployed, and we were racking up a lot of debt. And um, and I also got cancer right during that uh, unemployment period. So it was a pretty stressful time. And then uh, I did get a job offer end of August 2001, and I had my surgery surgery. Uh, at the same time period. And then September 11th happened and the job offer went away.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it was pretty scary times and they were going to bring me on to franchise their business. And so that went away. And then um, I started, I just thought, well, maybe this is the best time. And so I started my first company in October, 2001. And five years later, we were doing multiple six figures, but I was really topping out, really had pretty much grown a small business. I had a small business owner's mentality. It was all about revenue and sales. And and then um, I was really blessed to discover Dan Kennedy and you know the whole GKIC world. And Dan really helped reshape my mind from that of a small business owner to an entrepreneur. And um, I got into online marketing, launched my first online business called No Hassle Newsletters, which is still strong today. And We provide uh, done-for-you content and templates, newsletter templates for customer newsletters. And we've had over 1,200 small business owners in nine countries use our program. But that was just the starting point because then I launched, I think, five other online businesses, Concierge, Print, Mail, and Demand, No Hassle Social Media, Success Advantage Publishing, Custom Article Generator. And then around 2009, Kim, is when people started asking me, how are you doing that? And that's when I launched my coaching program. And about two years ago, my wife and I made a big a big uh, change in our lifestyle. We have, Our kids are all grown now. We have three grandkids. And we sold our house of 30 years and we bought a 50-foot boat and we live on the boat. I still work three days a week on the boat. So that's wow. the really, that's the short, short version.
0: Wow. I just was introduced to Dan Kennedy a couple of years ago, like within the last 24 months, I would have to say. And yeah. one of the I think I was reading No BS Guide to Sales, Yeah, maybe. I'll have to look it up. It will be in the show notes, folks. But one of the ah ahas that I got out of the book was you can't judge a book by its cover. Like walking into somebody's house, let's just say you were, I think the example that he was using was fire protection, and you see worn carpets and kids running around in hand-me-downs, and you can't just assume they don't have money, they don't want my stuff. Right. And I mean, geez, we don't have carpet, but you could come into my house and see basically the same thing. Colors on the walls. We just don't buy new clothes because they're going to outgrow them in a week, you know? (laughs) So it's just, oh my gosh, Jim, that made it sound like my kids run around naked. Um, (laughs) But we can't judge books by the cover because so often there's so much more going on underneath. And if we just don't, try to even sell stuff to people because we don't think that they have the money or they don't want it, then we're going to miss out on a huge market share.
1: Oh, it's very true. You know, people will find money. They'll justify the reason to Invest, spend money, whatever they, whatever phrase you want to use. If it's important enough, and mm-hmm. I think that's really, that's really, it's that's one of the. Like, the first book of Dan's I read was No BS Direct Marketing, and in that book he was talking about the importance of newsletters, of which that was the business I was in at the time. And the second, I, it resonated with me so strongly, Kim. I went back and I ordered, I ordered every other Dan Kennedy book, and Amazon had them shipped to the house. And the second book was No BS Wealth Attraction. Sounds like we're doing a Dan commercial, but there's some lessons here. And um, Dan talked about anointing yourself. You got to become the the go-to expert in your niche. And so when I was launching um, No Hassle News house, well, like I can't just be, you know, Jim the co-founder. So I created the newsletter guru persona. That's for years, you know, over twelve to fourteen years I was the newsletter guru. And that really helped grow my business. And of course I'm I've myself the dream business coach now but you know it's 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 such a mindset shift when you learn from somebody who's actually not just talking and you know spewing information they might have heard at a seminar but somebody who's actually built one heck of a track record of, of achievement
0: oh yeah you're so right and I love that making when you can see yourself and recognize that you're the expert I know some people talk about your unique selling proposition. I'm actually reading Perry Marshall's 80-20 Sales and Marketing right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that was a huge struggle for me, recognizing that I, was, that I am different. Oh, I'm very different from a lot of other people. And specifically, in their, I do Infusionsoft consulting. I'm an Infusionsoft certified partner. And realizing that I put my own different twist. One of my clients actually nicknamed me Confusionsoft. So, I started coining that just because of how I do things different until Infusionsoft's legal team came after me.
1: <laughs> yeah, so you can't do that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to step back to where you said that people were asking you, How do you do it? And then you started your coaching practice. What were mm-hmm. they most intrigued by?
1: They were most intrigued because I had multiple businesses. I mean, mm-hmm. so many. And again, that's the difference between a small business owner and an entrepreneur. A small business owner will just keep focusing on how do I keep selling more of whatever I sell?
0: Yeah.
1: And if you're a jewelry store, you keep selling more jewelry and you might pack in additional showcases. And when you can't fit any more in your store, you put in more expensive. Items. But eventually there's a capacity to how much you can put in that physical location. And let's say you top out at a million dollars a year. Well, the jewelry store owner is going to think the only way I continue to add more revenue is what? open another location, right? So they start looking for different locations. An entrepreneur would think, how else can I add wealth? How else can I create wealth and financial stability? And if you're an entrepreneur and just to use that jewelry store example, let's say somebody did go to a million dollars in a, you know, a small strip mall store, well, I bet you the average Jewelry store probably does half a million dollars, so he should write a book. He should start a coaching program, a mentorship, home study course. Here's how I doubled the average sale in you know in 1,200 square foot jewelry store. Because like in any industry, no matter what you're doing, there's going to be the vast majority of people are really sucking wind and not doing well. And then there's I mean you know that's the 80 20 rule, as as Perry Marshall said. It's also the 90 10 or the 99 1. There's always a small segment of the population who are doing so much much better. Not because they had a silver spoon in their mouth. That's an incredibly small percentage of the population, but because they're willing to do things. They're willing to do things that will make them stand out. They're willing to make an investment in their business when maybe they don't have the money, So, but they believe so much in what they're doing. And um, geez, that, see, this one of those long answers I told you. <laughs> I, was gonna, I forget how the, we circle back to the question. But
0: No, I love this long answer because it's <laughs> you are basically putting me in a nutshell like the me of two or three years ago mm-hmm. because just prior to starting the podcast i was having a meltdown just got to be totally serious or totally honest and i mean that's what i always try to do on the podcast but i was burning the candle at both ends because my thought was well i can't open a second location because there's only one of me so i just got to work more hours right yeah
1: like, what a horrible thought
0: oh my gosh It got to the point where I was sleeping two to three hours a night for about a year and a half. That is not the way to do it, folks.
1: I know. You know, I have an expression, you know, stay laser focused, kick all distractions to the curb and sleep a little less if you have to. Well, that doesn't mean sleeping two hours a night, but it might mean instead of 10 or or eight, maybe sleeping six or seven for a short period of time. I'd always do that when I'm in book writing mode. You know, I, I would just get up an hour earlier you know, 4.30 or 5 o'clock and write for two hours before the day kind of gets going. And next thing you know, I crank out a book a month. And um, so you can sleep a little less of it. It's not great. It's not. A, I, know, I have a couple of doctors as clients and they're always saying, Jim, I don't like that expression. You know how important sleep is. Yeah, I do. But, you know, for a short period of time, we can find the uh, fortitude. But that's not a lifestyle, right, that you can't you can't make that your lifestyle and of course that means as I'm sure you're doing now Kim that means you have to raise your prices you have to work with a better level of clientele you know people who are willing to pay for the expertise that you have and see the value in what you're delivering and not so much just see you as what I call an also as I put in air quotes and also as somebody who also is lumped in with so many other people who also call themselves then again fill in the blank for whatever it is you do
0: oh my gosh yeah yeah when I am working on a project that I am super passionate about, then it might go down to five or six hours of sleep for maybe one or two nights. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it's six to eight hours. But the the trap that I fell into back then was I was saying yes to everybody, including the people who were about as far from being my ideal client as they possibly could be. So I was taking, I won't even say taking it, I was accepting Maybe a quarter of the pay that I should have been charging, should have, could have, would have, you know, but yep. I had no confidence. I didn't know what I was offering. I didn't, I didn't know who my ideal client was. I didn't even know what I wanted to do, Jim. I thought, okay, I have these skills. I'm just going to do this. But then I saw all these people who were quote successful on social media. Listeners, please don't judge people on their success based on what you see on social media. Right.
1: What a horrible mistake.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I got to do what they're doing. I got to just keep on pushing. And I'm, I'm going to find my next client in one of the 180 Facebook groups that I'm in. Because there's somebody in one of those groups that will pay me. <laughs> <laughs> that was, oh my gosh! If I could go back and smack myself from three years ago, I would do it. But I, then I wouldn't have as much of the content as I do for my podcast as I do.
1: You know, I, I forget what I was listening to this morning. I go for walks around the marine and stuff, and it was like, it was basically, you know. And this is advice that when you're in the middle of the crap, the sewage, you know, the the, the hard grinding it out periods. Like, I don't want to hear that, right? But you got to embrace that you know when i talk about my journey and and the 18 months of unemployment and having cancer and you know being broke and six figures in debt and things like that i used to have shame about the debt but that i wear all of that i don't want to say like a badge of honor but it really made me who i am today and even just like i have um I have a team of 13 virtual assistants that run the internet businesses, so I don't even look at those anymore for the most part. I just, I have coached entrepreneurs three days a week, and when I'm able, what has made me a better coach today is when I tell people, you got to step it up. You got to do this. You should do that. You should invest here. You should stop. One of my expressions is stop expecting paid traffic results with free traffic mentality. In other words, I'm going to post to Facebook this cute quote that I like from Jim Rohn or Zig Ziglar and think that everybody's, oh, If they like Zig, they must be really good. I think I'm going to hire them. You know, that's not going to drive sales. And the reason I can be so forceful with so many of my opinions is because I was that person for too long until I had some mentors get in my face. And I'm just grateful every day that happened.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. I was that person. I'm going to put this quote up on Facebook or Instagram and I'm going to get a million dollars off of it. I mean, that's an exaggeration, but yeah. You just brought up something very interesting because self-care support and systems are the pillars of positive productivity. You have 13, you have a team of 13 virtual assistants who keep your business going. Are they international?
1: They are. Yep. So I have, um, I think I have three or four in the United States, my longtime personal assistant. And she's also my, um, project manager she oversees like the writers designers people who update the websites she's in Canada one of my other uh, assistants who who handles a lot of customer service issues is in Canada I have a team of writers in the UK and as long as they do I don't care where they live as long as they do good work for me
0: oh I agree including myself my team is a team of seven and we've got Two in the Philippines and five here in the States for right now. And Mm -hmm. it's amazing. I love it. And I love knowing that work is getting done, even if I'm sick or traveling or sleeping. There's nothing more (laughs) amazing than having podcast episodes go out while I'm sleeping or be edited while I'm sleeping. But, yeah, it's been phenomenal. I am right. so curious. I going to ask
1: you a question. I got to yeah. put you on the spot. Do you, have you unplugged yet from your from whatever email you use for customer service? Like for me, it's Coach. I get Jim Palmer, which everybody, some people assume that's me, and but it really goes to the team, right? So, and you can you can either tell me or not. But uh, about several years ago, I'm thinking maybe going back five or six years ago. And listen, I tell people I have this team and this that, and the other thing, but. It took me years to be able to get comfortable delegating and letting go, but that really is a key to earning substantial income. What I tell my clients now is you have to focus on the high revenue generating activity. And I guarantee managing your database or answering, you know, general emails from, you know, inquiring people who look extra, but whatever it is, that's if that's if you can hire somebody for 15 or 20 or $30 an hour and you're doing that work, that's what you're worth. So I get that. But I'm always I'm so driven by customer service and the experience that I would sit there some evenings and I'd sift through that email. And probably one of the last times I actually did that, Kim, was somebody reached out and through a shopping cart error, got double billed. And, and I sent an email to my assistant and I said, Hey, make sure I want this um, fixed today. And I said, gave her a bunch of them. She goes, Jim, it's already done. (laughs) And it was like, okay, I just have to trust. I trained the team. I hired them and put them in place and I empowered them. And then you just gotta, you gotta turn it off and trust the process.
0: Oh yeah. Actually, I am so far removed from the customer service email that I don't even know what it is. Good for you. But with that said, I still send out so much that's in my name that so much of it winds up back in my box. But well, here we are on Labor Day or coming out of Labor Day weekend. And I went into my email this morning and it's at a very minimum because my team does clean out my email too. They go and they see client tasks that could be delegated to other team members. I have a VA and an OBM who are in my email box. I guess I don't need to say email box. They're in my inbox anyway. Today is actually my first full day back at work for two weeks because I had a kidney infection. Listeners, you don't want a kidney infection. Listen to your body. And it was amazing how stuff was getting done while I was sick. Clients yes. were being notified. Podcasts were being rescheduled. My calendar was getting cleaned out, so my phone wasn't notifying me every two seconds that you know I had an appointment even though I really didn't feel like it because... Even though self-care is such a strong part of this brand, I am really dedicated to what I do. But my team is so incredible that they actually tell me when I need to take time off. Now, we're going to cancel this appointment, Kim, because <laughs> you have a lot to do, and if you keep yeah. on pushing right now, then you're not going to be here to do it. So, That's we're just awesome. going to cancel that appointment. I mean, and they they were reading between the lines and they were canceling 2 days in advance because they just well, they they basically told me, no, you're not going back to work tomorrow just because you feel a little bit better.
1: Mm. Sounds like you got a couple of keepers there.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Six keepers to be exact. I am so curious, Jim, about living on a boat. Yes. Can you share more?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so it's not a small boat. It's, it's I say, it's 50 feet, 14 and a half feet wide. It's got two bedrooms, two baths. It's got what's called a salon, which is you come down the stairs And on one half is a couch and we got a TV. And on the other half, I took out two chairs that were here and put in my desk because I I still do my job. I work with uh, my clients Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and and I no longer book calls on Monday and Friday. So when Stephanie and I are traveling, it's always weather permitting, of course. When I do my last call on Thursday… I'm like, ah, four days off, and then we'll figure out where we're going to go, and we can travel, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then wherever we end up, we'll stay there for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, because I need Wi-Fi, obviously, to a lot of my clients, we get together on Skype video or or Zoom or something, but it was, you know, it was – I just turned sixty, and Stephanie is not sixty, but but we just smart
0: decided, man not disclosing <laughs> age. She's
1: fifty nine. I don't think she cares. But um, we just decided that we wanted to have a big adventure. Actually, she decided, and when she had a pretty stressful career in early childhood development, when she walked away from that, uh, not knowing you know what the next step would be, but she just felt that we got to do something fun because you know, life's going by in a flash. Like we're going to blink and we'll be 80, you know, it seems like it sometimes. And so we had bought a, a three years ago, we bought a 30 foot boat that we just really enjoyed on the weekend. So we love boating and it's just uh, the whole lifestyle is one of slow down and just relax and enjoy. And you're obviously you're seeing nature and things like that, but living on a boat without Being our intention, we have become minimalist because there's a a significant less amount of space you have. than when you have a home, we're limited on closet space. So we don't it's like we don't buy anything anymore. Everything we have is here in the boat. We do have a storage unit. Uh, In Pennsylvania with a bedroom, kitchen and living room. So at some point we'll move back to land. But we're seeing and discovering things. And like we woke up today in in the marina that we're in, the parking lot's empty because a lot of people obviously come down for the weekends and it's quiet. We're not getting in a car commuting. It's just such a different lifestyle. Kim it's I I can't tell you how much we're enjoying it and we're planning you know you already date stamped uh, right after Labor Day so at the end of October we're in uh, the Chesapeake Bay right now Upper Maryland and so we'll be heading back down to Florida and um, one of my favorite expressions is I've shoveled my last driveway (laughs) you know after uh, doing that that for so many years
0: oh two bedrooms two baths yeah that sounds like heaven just in itself Right now, I love what I'm doing. I love the work that I'm doing, but I'm working for my own bathroom. Like that is my next big goal. (laughs) There you go. Sharing with five kids and my husband, and having one bathroom.
1: Oh goodness! Yes, that's got to be a priority. That's got to. In fact, you should build an office with a bathroom and just write that off as a business expense.
0: I can write it off as a business expense
1: oh my gosh, we got to talk. Now we're in recording, but I'll talk to you because I'm not a CPA, but yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Because no, yeah. that's seriously like we're. that's the next. We finally buying a home as an entrepreneur is tough. And I had my first business gym. I opened in 2005. I went a hundred thousand in debt for that business and I didn't even like the business. Okay. Mm. So Coming out of that business, I had a hundred thousand in debt because it wasn't an LLC. Even if it was an LLC, it could probably still be linked to me, you know, but it was all personal debt. Yeah. And my credit tanked. Uh. And yeah. Anyway, two months ago we finally bought our house. And now and we've been living here for four years, because we did a rent mm-hmm. to own. But oh my gosh, that is like I've been envisioning for the last four years popping in addition, off the back, with a master bedroom, an office where kids won't steal my podcast microphone cord, <laughs> by the way. Listeners, I went to come on with Jim today, and the cord that connects my microphone to my computer was randomly missing. They love to sing karaoke, frozen. <laughs> so they take my microphone and run around the house. I just want a room that I can lock that's called Mom's. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, I'm looking so forward to that. But well,
1: after the interview, I'm going to tell you about a book and somebody that you need to talk to that can totally make something like that happen for you.
0: Awesome. But Wi-Fi on a, on a boat, is a boat even the right word here? Should we be calling it a yacht?
1: It is a yacht. Yeah, it's kind of one of those words that, oh, it's a yacht. <laughs> I don't know, like Thurston Howell III or something, but it is a yacht and And that's part of what why we love this boat is we realize you know if in there's a lot of boats where you've got a big cabin. But yet, you're always there with each other. We can get separated. We get along very, very well. But on the occasion, she gets tired of hearing me do interviews, and I say, you know, do things like that. And she can go up top. You know, it's kind of like our, our sunroom up top. She can take a walk, or there's she can go in the in the master bedroom. There's a little desk back there. I mean, it's it's we wanted a living space that felt like a home. But obviously, it's not 2,000 square feet, you know, it's or 3,000, whatever. But so that's why we love this style of boat. It's called a motor yacht. If anybody's curious, we have a blog. It's called Our Floating Home. The name of the boat is floating home. Ourfloatinghome.com um, is how we're sharing our journey and our big adventure with our family and friends and neighbors of 30 years. And so, and at one point, I mean, you can scan through the blog post. We did a video tour of the boat. But if you just want to see what it looks like, if you're curious, you can check that out.
0: Oh, that's, that's amazing. Our floating Is that what you said?
1: Yep. Our floating home.com.
0: Okay. Listeners before I forget that will be in the show notes along with any other links and all the books that we've talked about. And I will give away that cat too. If you <laughs> want to go to the show notes at the forward slash PP four eight eight. What does dream business mean to you, Jim?
1: a dream business i think that i have some definitions which i'll call kind of like the 10,000 foot view it should always be fun to operate it grows in any economy which means you no longer have to fall back on excuses oh i don't like you know the president or congress or i don't like this or the economy a business is always growing it's fun to operate and what i mean by fun to operate so sunday night you're not going oh crap it's monday tomorrow it's like oh yes oh, you know man. That's a dream business. A dream business to me has multiple streams of revenue because if you can drive your core business up and you've got great cash flow, you're going to sleep better at night. But I'll tell you, you'll sleep like a baby when you have multiple streams of revenue. A business becomes an asset for worry-free retirement, and it also becomes, it also churns enough cash flow so you can give back, make a difference, make whatever kind of impact in, in your community or the world that you want to make. That, to me, is a dream business. Now, then what I do is I ask my clients to put their own personal filter or, or layer on it. And to me, to the example, just to use myself, is five years ago, Somewhere around five or six years ago after we bought our first boat, I no longer I was still coaching, you know, Monday through Friday and I says I feel like at that point it was I don't know if it was twelve years in business and I've been bust and hump for 80 hours. I don't think I ever actually added up. That's just something we all say, 80 hours a week, you know, but working very, very hard. I said, I still want to keep doing this. And I said, we love our weekends, but I'd love to have a three-day weekend or a four-day weekend. So I I basically stopped accepting calls on Monday and Friday. And when I tell people that, they go, oh, I think my clients would rebel. I had a couple clients. I won't know if they rebelled, but they expressed their displeasure. Jim, I love our calls on Friday or I love our calls on Monday. And I said, well, you can pick Tuesday or Thursday or Wednesday. And, you know, as I rolled forward and, you know, with client turnover, Jim coaches Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So it's not an issue. And truth be told, if we're if we're not traveling, Kim, like you know, we've been staying in this uh, marina for, for a couple of months for the summer. I will use Monday or Friday if I need to get something done, like I'm writing copy or doing anything or doing anything. Like right now, I'm getting ready for my live event in a few weeks, and so I'm, I'm pretty much working five days a week. But I know on Monday and Friday, I have no I don't have to look at the clock. My cell phone's not beeping every 30 minutes, 10 minutes, and five minutes, reminding me of, you know, upcoming calls and appointments. This is on Skype. This is on Zoom. This is on your conference line, you know, which is kind of what Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is. So that to me, my dream business. I took the whole what I call the dream business metric and I said, I want to work three days a week. I want to be financially independent and financially free. I want to be able to live life on my terms, which we've been able to do for the most part. And I, I want to provide for our retirement so that I'm, I don't have to be a greeter at Walmart when I'm 90 and come home to ramen noodles. You know, that's <laughs> how I do that. So that's what a dream business is.
0: I'll
1: t- sign me up. Sign me up. Okay. Yeah,
0: sign me up. Wow. When I was doing the two to three hours of sleep every night, I was only working on client tasks. I'm finally wrapping up reading the E-Myth. I can't yeah. believe I didn't read it six years ago, but I was totally the technician. And that's a hard spot to be in. And when, you, when you're constantly the technician working in your business instead of on it, then you're not going to have the dream business.
1: Yes, there's another way that I, I describe that. It's called the mule and the Magician. So there's mule work, which is and mule work has to be done, but there's also the magician work, and that's where the big money is. So a couple of years ago, I had a client who is in the SEO space, paid you know Facebook ads, SEO, that is a category that is just chock full of also's, as I said earlier. And he said, every time I get people and they want to be excited to work with me, they want to they request a proposal. He said, Jim, it takes me forever to do these proposals and you never hear from. Them. So we had to fix that which we did but what i want to share with you is that to a large degree those proposals were not different they're very similar and i said what you need to do whether you record your call or or the client fills out some kind of a form of what they're looking for let your team who knows as much as you do about what goes into a proposal do the mule work in other words they if it's going to take an hour or two hours, let them do the hour and a half hour and 45 minutes and pull together. And then you look at it and you do the magician work. Whoops. I'm going to change this a little less here. Let's put this price here, Bubba. And now it's ready to go. So you could actually put out a crazy good proposal in 10 minutes instead of two hours. So there's mule work and there's magician work.
0: Ooh, that's a tweetable right there. I've never heard that before. (laughs) I love that mule work versus magician work. Just using the example of proposals, For the longest time, I had the ugliest.
1: I guarantee you the mule is not earning six or seven figures. Oh,
0: absolutely not. I had a proposal, if I was lucky and could find it, in Word. And I don't know how many of you listeners have a Dropbox account that looks like mine. My team's working on it. That's mule work, right? Cleaning up Dropbox. But if I could find it, then I would reuse it. And just... Finding a system we now use Proposify, it makes it so easy just like you said the team can go in there, make the slight modifications, I can go in there, be the magician, and just because we have a system that now process or handles all the proposals, oh time savings it's not even an hour and a half anymore. It's copy nice. change out a few things and and be done. What is your favorite part of what you do now? Do you have a favorite thing that you I do?
1: And this this is actually and I didn't know this at first, but a few years ago when I started doing my live events with Dream Business Academy, I realized that when I started coaching, I realized that I've got some experience and I can share this and guide people, you know, help them avoid mistakes, tell them what to do to be and it all it and get paid, you know, well and it just felt good. But now that I've been coaching for like ten years. I've been seeing for the last several years kind of – I don't know the fruits of my labor so to speak, but I've been seeing people – take their business to a new level. And don't get me wrong, I love the paycheck, but the reward of, I've helped two doctors double the size of their practice and I could go on just like in different categories. But see, and by the way, not everything works out for a lot of reasons, but when you see the impact that you have in people's lives, as I said, the paycheck is good, but I think you got your checkbook and you got your heartbook, and believe me, filling up your heart book is incredibly cool.
0: Totally unrelated, but how Did you manage four teenagers at
1: once? I'll tell anybody, 90, let's even go higher, 95% of the reason my kids turned out as well as they did is my wife, Stephanie. (laughs) She's an amazing mom. I mean, she actually has a degree in early childhood development and minored in psychology, and she's just an amazing mom. I mean, I work. I remember leaving the house at 6.30, getting home at 6.30 or 7, Mm -hmm. and I mean, obviously, I'm a part of their lives. I'm not making it sound like I was totally absentee, but yeah, she's the brain behind the, the children.
0: Jim, I graduated college in 2001 and I was going to school in Chicago. And my high school sweetheart was my first husband, and he had a whole bunch of job offers in Manhattan. But he graduated in 2001 as well. So basically, I moved there to be with him. I was an interior architect for a decade. But I moved there to take my job, and his job was his job offers, multiple, they were all reneged. That was a tough time can't Mm. even imagine just i mean i was in a different boat no pun intended but fresh out of college no kids just trying to make it as a a single person in the city that will eat you (laughs) yes yeah what has been the biggest aha in your 10 years of coaching your biggest personal aha
1: it's probably similar to what you hear in other in other industries the people that are at the low end of the spectrum, and I mean no disrespect, but people who is, who want the least expensive option, they are the most demanding, and you know, I think in any business – I like the number three. So I have three different coaching options. I think most companies should offer three different levels of service because in society, you're going to have the big middle. There's going to be a lot of people who just want, oh, I, I can't, I don't want to get this one down here, and I can't afford that, but I'm going to get this. So the big – whatever your number two package is will most likely be the most popular, but then you're always going to have some people who only are going to choose – option one. And then there's always going to be people who will choose the higher priced option. And you and I started this call by talking about you shouldn't prejudge, right? There are people, no matter what their circumstances, they are going to have the best. I've done a lot of work with low-income people that supporting a charity called Good Works where we rehab. And I've gone into homes where the roof, like a trailer house, uh, is actually lifting up and you can see daylight and snowflakes coming in, but there's a brand new giant TV. And again, I'm not passing judgment, but people will find money for things that they deem important, right? And so what I have learned for doing this for 10 years is that the more somebody's willing to step up, And invest in themselves, and I mean an investment of time and money, the faster they're usually going to grow. Because when you place small bets on yourself and your business, there's very low risk. Big reward does not come from low risk. Big reward comes from big risk. So. You know, you look at some of the the great baseball players who home run records, you know, they swing for the fences. Well, they strike out a lot, but they also get the most home runs because they swing to hit the, you know, hit the bleachers. Right. Some people are just great at getting on base and that's fine. You know, the world needs all kinds of people. But if you're going to be an entrepreneur and you're expecting to grow a six or mid six figure business or or a seven figure business, you're not going to do it by bunting and trying to get safely on first base and just get there. That's not going to get the job done.
0: Absolutely. Maybe it was Michael Jordan. It's some famous athlete. You miss a thousand percent of the chance, or of the shots you don't take. Maybe yep. that was Wayne Gretzky. That was Wayne Gretzky. Yes. Wait, yeah. Yeah. That's one of those Facebook quotes that I put up and I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. What is the one biggest obstacle that you see your clients having to push past?
1: Giving a crap about what other people think about them. Hmm. And, you know, when you put yourself out there in a big way, you're thinking about all kinds of people. You think of it like a, you throw a, a pebble in the water and it ripples. Well, immediately close in is your family, your, your immediate family, you know, spouse or, or parents or children. And then you care about, you know, your bigger family. You care about your neighbors, people. You know, when I branded myself the newsletter guru, I'm quite certain that my neighbor at the time We'd pass each other on our tractors in the backyard with snickering newsletter guru. (laughs) You know, it just thought it was goofy and he didn't understand. And to me, it's like, yeah, I felt a little awkward. I completely feel no awkwardness today at that because this is what's necessary to grow a business. And so you need to develop a thick skin as an entrepreneur because I guarantee the people who are doing great things, they're putting themselves out there there's an expression that has to do with climbing the ladder of success that the higher up the ladder you go, the more your butt hangs out. And so therefore people will take shots at you, but it's okay because the view is better up there. So you have to be willing to take the shots. What I've said all along is that the people who take the time to write these scathing emails and and critique and, and nasty comments, I guarantee they got nothing going on. If they were really doing well, they would not have time to take those shots. So you have to be willing to let things like that slide. And so to answer your question, what holds most people back is it's not necessarily, well, am I going to lose the money? Is it not going to work? It's like, will people laugh at me? Will they? What will they say about me? How will I look to my family and friends if this doesn't work out?
0: I used to be afraid of speaking because I thought I would trip across the stage. I have two left feet. But then I got over that. like, Well, that will give them something to remember when I trip onto the stage along with the message. But I was right there. I was worrying about what everybody else thought. And to the point that I was only sharing what looked like the good parts of my life. And I realized that so many entrepreneurs do that. They think that they always need to look perfect on the internet or else they're going to get judged. Well, no. As of this current day of the recording, the first post on my personal Facebook feed, which I think is actually only available to friends. I might have to go make it public though, is what my three and five-year-old girls did to my face when they decided to play makeup with me. (laughs) But we, I am generalizing entrepreneurs as we, we get so wrapped up sometimes in what everybody else thinks that we forget that other people have lives just like ours. And maybe it would help them if they knew that they weren't alone when, when the shit hits the fan.
1: I guarantee you, you are going to attract a better quality of client, prospective customer, whatever, by being your authentic self. The opposite also happens. You're going to repel more people. Plain vanilla won't get the job done. You've got to put a stake in the ground. You've got to stand for something. And by the way, I am not talking about, on social media talking about politics or sex or drugs or rock and roll, whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, rock and roll might be okay, but I am on social media for one reason only because it helps me attract clients and when the day that I I retire completely or if I choose to disappear, you will not see me on social media. I fully know why I'm on social media, and it's because it's helpful to my business. I'm not there to toot my horn or to say, oh, look what Jim's, look what Jim's accomplished and things like that. So you have to be comfortable with who you are. Now, when you are your authentic self, you're going to attract the right people, as I said. But you're also going to – I had a guy – so I did these videos for six years. Kim, I did weekly videos, produced videos back when the flip camera was in style in 2010, I think it was for 99 bucks. You can get this Kodak flip camera. Everybody started doing weekly videos. Well, I started doing them and, and about a year or two later, all my friends who were doing their, hey, it's our new weekly show. They left. I was still doing it. I think I missed five times in six years. But I also found the time to do it when it worked for me. And very often when I'd walk my dog Toby uh, outside or I would we'd go kayaking and things like that, I would open up my camera and shoot a video. Number one, I thought entertainment is as important as information. So I didn't just want to stand in front of my bookcase for 300 episodes. You know, you you didn't want to
0: be a talking head.
1: Exactly. So, but I tell you what, the reason I'm telling you this story is, is people are, why is Jim telling us? this? Here's why. Because when I, I did my first video, one of my first videos of Toby and, and I had him in the camera, I think I was down on one knee and had my camera on the selfie stick. And I said, isn't that, I said something and You go, isn't that right, Toby? And he looks up at me in his cute little face. And a guy wrote me this email and, and told me, Toby, you know, dogs are not props. They're living, breathing souls and blah, blah, blah. You shouldn't use Toby like that. Well, first of all, we rescued Toby from a shelter. We gave him a damn good home. <laughs> Toby loved being with me. And if I wanted to shoot my video of Toby in it, I mean, believe me, he did not have any objection to it. But my point is this gentleman took me to task in an email that had to take him 20 minutes to write. And my first reaction was, oh, Jesus, am I doing something wrong? And then I, I believe me, I didn't dwell on it for more than about 30 seconds. And I said, should I respond to him and tell him we rescued Toby from a cage? And no, I, I just deleted it. And by the way, I went into my cart and I saw he'd been following me for about three years. He, I can tell when he downloaded a lot of you know, if I put out a free report or something. So he'd been getting a lot of information. And now all of a sudden he's going to tell me this and that. So I removed him from my list and just let it go. So it's a little bit of the water off a duck's back. And all that came, that there's another long answer, which has to do with being, off, just be your authentic self.
0: Absolutely. I believe I've shared this on the podcast before, but I was at an event last year and actually one of the, I was called up to be on a panel asking about the benefits of coaching in my business. And the first question I asked the audience was, how many of you, because they were all entrepreneurs, how many of you have ever had a disconnect notice or an eviction notice? And there were 200 people out there, Jim. How many do you think raised their hand? Nobody. It was like two out of 200. Yeah. yeah. So I shared how during my entrepreneurial journey that we've had eviction notices, we've had our power, water, gas, everything that can be shut off has been shut off. It's always gotten back on during, er, within a day. And I shared that. And afterwards, I was blown away by how many people came up and said, thank you for sharing. I've been through that. And I just wanted to say, then why didn't you raise your hand? You know? And I know why uh-huh. they didn't raise their hand. Because they shame. don't. Shame. And they don't want other people to know think that they're. It, it's not a matter of success that you faced eviction or had your utility shut off. Because we all have tough times. A year before we met, my husband was homeless living in his car. We all have tough times. And if you want to. If anybody wants to pretend that they don't, they don't. But I love how you handled that email. That took the longest time for me because I always overanalyze. And I would write like page long emails. And an hour later, I'm like, oh my gosh, I just lost the time doing that. (laughs) And it, it would just fuel more because they won't just let it go. They'll respond to your response.
1: Yeah. And the truth, the truth of the matter is, Kim, we're not here to serve everybody. We're here to serve the people who can relate to us and want to learn from us and are attracted to us. And it's, was it Ben Franken or I forget, maybe it was no, I think it was a comedian who said, you know, the fastest way to uh, kill your business is try to please everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes, what, who was that? I was like a comedian, I think. But anyway, it's unimportant. but. Positive you, you
0: productivity need, is not about <laughs> quoting the right people with our quotes today. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's just the message. So just take the message, folks. So uh, that's true. So I, I know there's people in my um, Dream Business Facebook group who sometimes I can tell they shudder. At some of the because I'm very forceful in the way I talk, as you probably could tell, and and I, I have my core beliefs on what you need to do, and and if if I see somebody hiding, and I don't call out people publicly, but I may send them a Facebook message, and if it doesn't seem like a good fit, I said, you know what? There's plenty of groups, but this is probably not a good fit for you, or something like that. You know what I mean? It's like, listen, life's too short, and but you know one of the reasons people don't unplug is is fear of being left out. You know what I mean? What if he says something good after all this stuff I don't like, he says. But you know what? It's it's fine. Again, plain vanilla is not going to get the job done. You, you've got to stand for your convictions.
0: Absolutely. So who is your ideal client, Jim?
1: It is an entrepreneur, a small business owner who's probably got at least forty or 50000 in revenue, so they've got some sort of a track record. And they're looking to create a six-figure or multiple six-figure business, and they've also probably become a little tired of slow to no growth. In other words, one of the big things that uh, you asked me a question early on, so, so the second thing, which I think is the biggest hang-up, is the ego. People when especially entrepreneurs have strong egos, and I think an ego is a healthy thing. I mean, you need an ego to put yourself out there, but your ego will also be your enemy if your ego is going to prevent you from taking the shot. Right. And so if you've also got to the point where get achieving your dream is more important than getting there or how you get there. And that was totally the case for me. I was like, man, I'm the Look what I've been able to do already, but it wasn't—I wasn't where I wanted to be, and it—it it was starting to become apparent to me. I sure wish it took a little less time, but oh, here we are. It was starting to become apparent to me, Kim, that I'm pretty good, I'm pretty smart, but I don't know everything. And if I do what Melanie or Adam or some of my other mentors just say to do, and I get to actually achieve what it is I want to achieve faster, that's okay with me. It doesn't have to be my idea.
0: Absolutely. I still struggle with that.
1: Ego can be a progress killer.
0: Yeah. I am one of the most stubborn people on the face of the planet. You and listeners might be surprised. But people can tell me over and over again that I cannot do things, and I want to prove to them that I can. Or they'll tell me that I should do things, and just because other people tell me that I should, like, I want to resist them. I need to find, you know, that plank and take it out, because (laughs) it's painful sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. What are you most excited about in the next 90 days?
1: Well, you know, depending on when this airs, they will find out it's over. But I do an event called Dream Business Academy. It's in three weeks. And, you know, if you've ever done a live event, you know, there's the 60 day clock and then the 30 day clock. We're in the massive 30 day countdown right now. Mm-hmm. We have six seats left and we'll be sold out. It's in San Diego. I'm most excited about that. I'm actually doing something which I probably wouldn't have done five years ago. On Friday, we're taking our mobile, our mobile home, our floating home, (laughs) our floating home up to uh, New Jersey, Long Beach Island. And we're going to be on vacation with Stephanie's family. And because of my team and because I worked hard to get everything ready to go, I'm not going to be all stressed out that, you know, I'm two weeks to my event. (laughs) So I'm excited about that. And then I'm excited about uh, end of October when, you know, we can look at the long-range forecast and there's no hurricanes brewing down south when Stephanie and I will will start motoring south and go discover some more new towns and or small-town America as we, as we head south to Florida.
0: You had me worried for a second. Three weeks away, you know, and you said you were going to be heading south to Florida in a few months. And, and I'm just thinking, but three weeks to get to San Diego from the Chesapeake Bay?
1: No, we're going to fly to San Diego. Oh, thank guys. you. Oh my God! The diesel fuel would be astronomical, and the time it would—you have to get all the way down there. You have to go through the Panama Canal. <laughs> yeah,
0: you that's know? what I was thinking. And hurricane season. And I know there's a tropical se- storm heading the Gulf oh, now. No.
1: We'll jump on a plane at yeah. Philly Airport. And we'll be there in five and a half hours.
0: <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a much better option to me. Yes, Jim, this has been an absolute pleasure. I want to thank you so much for joining me and the listeners today.
1: Well, what a great time. I, I, I can tell uh, we get along famously, Kim.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I'm I, I'm going to be looking at my dream business now. I mean, I'm well on the way. I feel like I'm stumbling over my words today. Listeners, it's been a couple of weeks since I recorded an episode. so Just bear with me. <laughs> Where can listeners find you online, connect, and get to know more about you?
1: Uh, getjimpalmer.com is my home base. Getjimpalmer.com. Yeah, I'm all over Facebook. I have a free Facebook group called Build Your Dream Business Now. Um, there's a quick link to get there. Dream biz dreambizgroup, dreambizgroup.com. And again, if you're curious about our, our lifestyle, you can check out ourfloatinghome.com.
0: Fabulous. Listeners, again, all the links with Jim's URLs, the Facebook group, the books that we talked about, everything will be in the show notes, which you can find at thekimsetton.com forward slash pp488. Jim, thank you so much again.
1: Kim, my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, you're so welcome. Do you have a parting piece of advice or a golden nugget that you can offer to listeners?
1: Sure. Remember this. It's not about what you do. It's not about the deliverable. You will earn significantly more income for who you are, not what you do.
0: Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode.